Hi everyone, this is Juliana and Mel. We wanted to just pop in at the top of the episode to speak about the recent events that have happened in the U.S. in the past weeks. So for us, it's very important to make sure that you know that we are here for anyone that needs to talk or needs help in any way. In typical Hufflepuff fashion, we of course care very much. It is just sometimes a little bit difficult to find the right words. And sometimes it's hard to find out what the right actions are to take. And we just want to take this moment to say that we stand in solidarity with everyone who's experiencing something right now. We just want to also exemplify ourselves, and we're putting this out to you listeners, to exemplify the house traits of a Hufflepuff house. That is the importance of diversity, the importance of inclusion, the importance of kindness, and the importance of caring. We're just making the call out to all of you, and we're going to do our best ourselves to be the most caring people that we can, and that comes in a lot of different ways, whether it's through caring about your neighbor, whether it's caring to share your time with someone, share your ear with someone, maybe it's caring to amplify some black voices or some black creators that you know of, maybe it's lending your voice to a protest. We're just asking you to be the best puff that you can. And if you're not sure how to help, read up on the history, read books, uh, listen to specific podcasts, just educate yourself and educate others if you can to make people understand how important this issue is. Simply show that we are all here for each other. There is so many racial issues all over the world, not only in the black community, but just in general, so many people are still pushed down and made to feel very miserable. So let's all stick together. We are all one and the same. Let's just love each other and help. Yeah. And at the end of it all, we're more similar than we are different. And isn't it just so much better to feel like you're like someone else and to feel like we all belong together? I feel like just knowing that no matter who the person is next to you, they're still a person. And that brings me to probably one of my favorite Dr. Seuss quotes from Horton Hears a Who where he says, a person's a person no matter how small. Hmm, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking to the Hufflepuffs to really just show that you care and just remember that a person is a person, no matter who they are and no matter how small. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the really fun episode that we recorded prior to these events happening and we think you're going to have a fun time listening. Right, Mel? Yes. Have fun. Bye. I'm actually crying. <laughs> you ready, Mel? I'm ready. Okay. Welcome to PuffCast, the ultimate Hufflepuff podcast. 
This is episode 7 on June 10th, 2020. I'm Juliana. And I'm Melanie. Hi! Hello, everyone! (laughs) Welcome! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Today, we are both losing it, and that's okay, because we're here to share that lovely happiness and joy and laughter with you. Yeah, we are very giggly today. Ah, I already apologize in advance. But this is what this podcast is for, to be happy, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was our goal when we started it. So I think as of the last minute or so, we've achieved it. Okay, leaving now. (laughs) Once again, done. (laughs) Done. That was quick. We're just so good at achieving our goals. It's bonkers. (laughs) So what are we doing today? Oh boy, well we're going to talk about our second Hufflepuff trait, and this week that trait is hard working. We did have some news first though. Yes, Mel, would you like to let us know (laughs) what this fantastic, fabulous, wonderful news is? Oh my god, this is gonna be... If you can gather yourself together into one piece, or maybe three separate pieces connected by a strand of duct tape then you can let us know <laughs> this is gonna be such a chaotic recording today so or would you like <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say would you like me to let let, let the I'm lovely sorry. listeners <laughs> you're really losing it <laughs> oh i don't blow my nose this episode is just gonna be like all bloopers like we're gonna get our whole blooper reel from this one episode truly So this episode, we're going to start with some news from this week. And the very first one is a huge one. And many of you have followed our posts on Instagram and have guessed it each day again and again correctly. We are having a Patreon. Yay! Yay! (laughs) We're so excited. I think that was pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking as we were doing the five days leading up to it, I was like, maybe we should have just done a few days because people are already guessing it. It's a day one. Yeah. Or maybe we're just not good at being mysterious and hiding things. Who cares? It's there. (laughs) It's there. So, lovely listeners, if you would like to support us and find out all the fun things that we are doing, can we tell them what it's on our Patreon, you think, Mel? Well, we will have like extra recordings, bonus material, uh, bonus conversations, some bloopers every now and then when we get enough together, like probably a lot from today, lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of laughter and not being able to speak, apparently. <laughs> Sometimes it's a challenge. It's a challenge I face also very frequently in life. It's a good thing we're both doing a podcast, isn't it? A speaking yes. medium. Oh, perfect. Um, I knew this was for me. there will be of course things you can get like early access to our planning docs and episode releases a day before everyone else if that is your thing you will get chances to guest host on our episodes with us and we are looking really forward to seeing who we are getting on you can help us picking topics you can become member of our official facebook group buttercups tea room which is Mm -hmm. something I am personally looking really forward to because this gives us a chance to get to know you better and hear your thoughts directly and you can influence the topics that we are choosing and all around just having, having a fun group together. Yeah, we also have another fun benefit that we're providing, which is we're going to donate to charity every month. Yes, 
Exactly. We are, for every Patreon, donating $1 to a charity of our choice. We will let you, of course, know which one that's going to be. I was going to say, we can always ask the people in Buttercup's Tea Room yes. what charities they're interested in donating to as well. So we're probably not going to make this decision fully on our own. There are a lot of really great charities out there right now, especially with all the things going on in the world that deserve this kind of money. So we can just see where we feel most fit to donate this money to and it's just another fun way that we can give some joy and love and send that back into the universe because that's what we puffs do yes i love that very much i think that's such a great idea i think that that's probably besides having the facebook group because i think that's going to be really fun for both Mm -hmm. of us that's probably my second favorite benefit that we're going to be putting (laughs) out there yes so come and support us join the extra fun that If you can't get enough of our already silly fun on these episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just quickly in other news, J.K. Rowling this week, she released her children's book, The Ichabog, which is a new children's book that is being released fully online. We are both currently reading it. I'm not up to snuff with all the chapters quite yet, but... We might maybe do a little extra hot take on it or something at some point on the Patreon Mm -hmm. if we're feeling like we want to. So before we get into our main discussion this week, we have some lovely reviews and feedback that we would like to share. So our first comment we have is in response to last week's question, which was, what would it be like if the four founders met today? And our friend Stephen at Muggle and Khakis on Instagram (laughs) said, Well, I'm imagining a Chopped episode. Godric comes in super arrogant, but serves the meat raw in the first round and gets chopped. Ravenclaw prepares a dish described as too intellectual and not not a cohesive bite and is chopped in the entree round, which leads to Hufflepuff versus Slytherin in the dessert round. Hufflepuffs being quiet and shy, but putting in creative bits for each round. And the dessert round, Slytherin attempts to make an ice cream, but the machine doesn't work properly and has to resort to throwing sauces into a whipped cream berry compote reduction. Meanwhile, Hufflepuff makes a berry tartlet and wins Chopped. And I would say that this is pretty typical of any Chopped episode I've ever watched where the someone in the last round tries to make ice cream and then the machine doesn't work. <laughs> So is this like a cooking show? Because I've never heard of that before. Oh, yeah. It's on the Food Network. It's They pit four different chefs up against each other. And what happens is there's a basket that you get of food every round. And it, usually it's like random items. And it goes, there's like a starter round, an entree round, and then a dessert round. Okay. And in each round, one person gets chopped from the show and you'll get your basket at the beginning of the round and no one knows what's in the basket and you'll open it up and it's like pickles, berries, hot dog cake, like really weird things. And you get like five or six like really bizarre things that do not go together and you have to make a dish for whatever round you're in using all the ingredients and you can't leave any of the ingredients out. That sounds like someone stole the mystery box from MasterChef because that's exactly what they do there. Yes, yeah, it's similar to that, yeah. Okay, I get it now. Um, how how fitting that this comment comes from a Hufflepuff talking about food. <laughs> we know where um, where our interests lie. Okay, that's that's a very interesting take on how that would go. Um, yeah, Thank I'm, you, Uncle and Khakis. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of speechless right now. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll read the next one. So we had a comment from our lovely dear friend, Sophie. And she had a comment in regards to our discussion about ghosts that we had in our last episode. And she said, in the real world, they would assume that it takes about a year before a ghost understands that he or she, in fact, is a ghost. So I believe that it takes a long while before they can show themselves as such. So that would make sense to the Helena and Rowena Ravenclaw timeline who died first debate that we were having because we couldn't really deduct that. I'm still curious, though, how they like end up all in Hogwarts. I I wish there would maybe there is an answer out there that I have overlooked. Maybe someone yeah. still knows something about that, but you know, let us know if you have any more theories or comments about that, then I'm happily reading them. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that doesn't make the most sense to me is the fat friar because the other people seem to like have a reason to be at Hogwarts and from his history i don't think like well i don't understand but again we don't have a comprehensive autobiography on the fat fire so who knows <laughs> truly and then our last lovely comment we have came from josh and this really made my day when i heard this and he said i'm loving your podcast it makes me smile and laugh each week so thank you so much josh for that lovely very kind feedback thank you josh Yay! For our main discussion, we are talking about the Hufflepuff trait, hardworking. So what does this mean? The trait definition via Merriam-Webster dictionary is constantly, regularly or habitually engaged in earnest and energetic work. Now we are going to have a look on how Hufflepuffs show and exhibit this trait. What are your thoughts, Juliana? So I said that we just badger on and never give up. So again, just engaged in that earnest, I guess, and energetic work, whatever that earnest and energetic work might be. (laughs) And we're also willing to just put in that extra time and effort. And I also noted that sometimes, I know for myself, sometimes these long and tedious projects I kind of see as relaxing in a way where you can just fall into a rhythm and it's mm-hmm. maybe not the most dynamic work that you're doing and you do kind of have to badger through it. But in a way, it's also relaxing to just maybe crochet stitches over and over again or like I do, just run in a straight line for a very <laughs> long time. I think that's where our other trait, patience, comes in because, um, as you said, long and tedious projects that require a lot of detailed, tiny work, possibly, like crochet, any handcrafting things, that's where patience comes in and combines nicely with our sense of hard work. And we are just willing to badger on, as you also said. That's something I also love doing. I can be so patient with these small details and just go on and do it again and do it again, you know, until it's done. Yeah. And I think going off of what you said with the patience part, I also noted that it's the process of getting to the outcome and not the actual outcome that we are more concerned with. I feel like Gryffindors and Slytherins specifically are more outcome oriented where they're like, say for example, they're running a race. They're like, I'm going to get to the end of this race. Whereas we are like, oh, I'm I'm in the race. I am here, here I am. But what does this trait mean to you, Mel? 
Well, as I said already, being very detail-oriented and to concentrate on the task at hand fully, I can immerse myself completely into what I am doing and just forget everything around me and just concentrate on that and just keep going until I'm done with it. And that can take hours. (laughs) Suddenly Mm -hmm. you look at the clock and, oh, it's like 3 a.m. in the morning. Maybe I should go to bed soon. Ah, Maybe I still continue a little bit more. And then it's like two hours later and you just, (laughs) why am I so tired? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was crocheting all night or rearranging your shelves or whatever you do. Or working on Patreon. Mm. (laughs) Mm, Maybe. Mm. (laughs) Or editing. Ooh, one of those things. Yeah. I feel like even when you fail, you just keep trying and trying again until you succeed. Yeah. And just jumping off what you said to me, that's pretty much one of the big pillars of being hardworking for me personally, too, is just if you fail, you get up, you try again, get up when you fall down. Yeah. So just taking what you've learned and applying it and moving forward really just not giving yourself that option in your head to like quote unquote fail because no matter how many times you actually like fail you're still gonna get to the end the end might be a modified version maybe my scarf that I make isn't the prettiest scarf in the whole world (laughs) but that's okay I made it and it's fine and it's probably knowing me not the last scarf I would ever make either because I usually get to the end of anything and I think to myself I could have done that better. Let's do it again. (laughs) No matter how painful it was. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Just going back to running really quickly. It's kind of funny because there are two different types of people who run marathons. There are the people who get to the end and swear they will never, ever run one ever again. And they don't. And then you have the people like me who show up to the end and be like, when can I sign up for my next one? I could run the next one faster. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how much suffering and like pain you went through the entirety of the time and how much you were swearing out loud as you were going, you get to the end and you're like, eh, that wasn't that bad. Okay, we could do it better next time. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Also, just you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And also I noted my uh, not really, it's not my famous saying because it comes from another runner, but I like to say you can only run the mile that you're in. That means that the middle parts and not the end result is what matters most and that you can only be here. So you might as well just work on that. And the prouder you are afterwards of yourself. Mm -hmm. So what are examples from our own lives that we can give? Um, One of mine would be dedication to my work. Even if that means I'm staying longer or running faster. When I'm going on holiday... People always notice right away when I'm not there because I'm doing so many small things that usually no one pays attention to really. But if they are not done or there because I'm on holiday, people are suddenly like, why is there no paper in the kitchens? Why is this missing? Oh, Melanie's on holiday. Okay, hopefully she comes back soon. (laughs) I feel like my job is exactly the same too, where people probably couldn't tell you much about what I do during the day. Mm -hmm. But when I'm not there, they notice. Yeah, they notice, and all the residents that I work with notice too. They're like, "Where? Wh- why are we not getting bananas? Like, <laughs> I told someone that I wanted coffee with my meal, and why? It's like, just, well, well, the dietitian's not here. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it does feel very nice though, because 
you know, you're working so hard during the week and you sometimes feel like, ah, for what am I even doing that? Because the next day I have to do all over the same thing again. And But then you suddenly realize that, hey, people do actually appreciate what you're doing. And that feels very nice, I have to say. Mm, I agree. Not that I'm seeking the validation, but um, it's like a small warm hug. Ah, it's so yeah. nice when, when you're coming back from holiday and people are like, oh, we missed you. That is so nice. <laughs> I agree. So for me, the main thing that I can think of in my head is my first marathon that I ran. And I've kind of briefly talked about this. Running a marathon is not easy. I mean, anyone who's ever run any distance knows that like running on the whole just like isn't like the easiest endeavor in the entire world. And I'd run a few half marathons before my full marathon. So in my head, I was like, okay, I know this is going to be kind of hard, but I fully did not know. <laughs> how what I had gotten myself into but I I knew that I wanted to do it and mm. I knew that I wasn't going to give up and truly my running my first marathon is the best thing I've ever done for my mental health it taught me a level of patience that I'd never had before in my life again the whole you can only run the mile that you're in you want to run 19 20 26 miles you can't speed it up any faster than your legs can go it's just not physically possible and it taught me a lot about my body. It taught me a lot about sometimes you suffer and that's okay. You're going to get to the end and you're going to feel fine. And I also learned that the most important person to make proud is yourself. These kinds of things you should not do for others to impress them or get validation. You do it for yourself mm -hmm. because it makes you feel better. And it's so important to take care of yourself. And if you feel good and you have done something that you are proud of that's that's all that counts it doesn't matter if someone else just thinks that ah oh, you know i can go that faster or can run further or whatever it doesn't matter you did your very best mm -hmm. and that is the the most important yeah and i think like the hard working thing to me just means that you are putting in the effort and the time and the energy and the dedication into something that you are trying to validate for yourself for me, like that was such a huge win and that was all that I wanted. So for me, there's the next point is that actually creating this podcast and the Speak Beastie Hangouts on YouTube that we are doing, both of them alternate each week. So this week is Puffcast recording. Next week is the Beastie Hangout and preparing for both things, editing, writing the docs and everything that belongs to it and publish it and so on and so forth is so much work that and mel is amazing and she does an amazing <laughs> job and she works nah. really hard and it's great i'm trying at least um but yeah you you would probably not think you know you're just sitting down you're recording a bit and that's it um no it's so much work actually but it's so much fun at the same time so i'm actually really enjoying both of these projects so much time with with you and with the other girls and then everyone else that comes in with comments and such it's just so makes me just so happy one reason why it's probably also a little bit more work for me is my next point that i can include right away in here as well i am such a perfectionist it's sometimes annoying myself so much that I have to like I for example when editing I'm clicking like every tiny bit that could make noise I'm deleting out of the thing you know so that it's as smooth as possible we are of course still learning by the way we have 
set up our microphones and everything perfectly now. So this should go smooth, this episode. At least I hope so. <laughs> Please, microphone god, send us your love. <laughs> Our other episodes, we are you can probably hear, it's not perfect yet with our recordings and our editing, but we are getting there, I promise. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, perfectionism is just something that you put so much work into small details and just driving yourself probably crazy with it. But you feel like you want to give it your best and you're also, you can actually look back on it and feel like what I have done there... Yes, I'm happy with that and I can be proud of that. Mm -hmm. It can, of course, take a bad turn also. <laughs> and it's too much. <laughs> Julietta might have done that. Oopsie. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's not even what I meant. But um, No, I just, just say... I, I... I'm just speaking of myself, you know, that I, I have stayed at work, for example, that... I was staying there until like 12 midnight or something because I just wanted to get something perfectly done. And then I'm working yeah. even harder than I usually do and completely exhaust myself. So there are, of course, bad sides to the hardworking thing. Yeah, I think a lot of times when people and Hufflepuffs in general get more into the perfectionist mindset, more into the bread zone for the hardworking trait. Mm hmm is definitely something that burns you out if you do it too much and too often. That's why I am personally not a big fan of changes because then mm. I have to adapt again and I am stressing myself out and uh, I I'm paying even more attention to everything and it's just like putting me in a zone that is not really good for me. So I'm like powering myself out with the work. No, I definitely identify with that too. I mean, especially just... For our listeners, I work in healthcare in an elderly care facility, but with all the regulations changing so much as to what PPE you have to wear, who's going where, who's on these precautions, who's on the, it's, you show up every morning and there's a different set of rules. Sometimes you just have to adapt and it's not ideal, but just kind of is what it is. I definitely still do get stressed out too when that, when changes occur and you mm -hmm. want to make sure you're doing everything correctly. So for me too, I also wrote that the podcasting, I feel it's hard work, but it's really worth it. The podcasting and public speaking, partially uh, because when I was in high school, I literally almost peed my pants in Spanish class, giving a Spanish presentation on how to make friendship bracelets. And here I am talking in front of <laughs> a bunch of people and I've been in multiple play productions and I actually really love public speaking now. So me kind of getting to that point where I feel like this is something I actually enjoy doing has been a process, a long one, and definitely some hard work that's been put into it. But again, too, with the podcasting, it's definitely more work than you would think it is to yeah. do a lot of it. Granted, Mel is doing an absolutely fabulous and fantastic job with the editing. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I think she is. I don't care what you listeners think. I think she is. Let's see. I mean, the first couple of episodes we still like switched, 
one you did, one I did, and so on. But now yeah. I am I now I took over because I just have so much fun doing it, and Juliana enjoys it less much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so not my favorite. Now I am officially our editor for all the episodes, so mm. you can judge me by the next couple of episodes if you want to and let me know yeah. if it's good or not i happily take the critique if you have some don't be too harsh though please i'm still a beginner <laughs> i mean we're only on episode seven so yeah exactly but yeah definitely there's a lot of work that goes into having a podcast that people don't yeah. really think about and some of it i too didn't really think about until i was part of the podcasting sphere because as some of you listeners know, I'm also on Speak Beastie. I was also on Archaeopolitics. Juliana's just all over the Harry Potter podcasting <laughs> world, isn't she? To a certain level, it can be easy because you might not be the runner of things. So you just are a host or a guest host, mm -hmm. as they call it. And you show up and you probably work on the dock. Also put your thoughts in there and you yeah. record but you just export this thing and send it and then someone else will edit it. But we are now seeing this from a different point because we are actually running this whole podcast ourselves without any other help. Just the two of us and we are doing everything by ourselves. Social media, marketing, graphic design, Patreon, editing, publishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm probably forgetting something. Lots of things. Lots but of things. Um, we have a lot of documents that are tracking everything. <laughs> Juliana loves the Google Doc. The good thing is we are both very organized. So I think we are running very nicely with this. I think we can yeah. be proud of our own hard work. Let's like clap ourselves on the shoulder here right now. Yes. Good yes. job, both of us. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, but it's the positive kind of stress and fun, you know, I really love doing it. But you mentioning public speaking, I have to say that this whole podcasting thing has given me confidence, but I'm still nervous for certain people to actually listening to our stuff. Because I, for example, know that there is a couple of people from work who have been at least listening to an episode or two i don't know if they listen to every episode i doubt it but it makes me feel very nervous in a way because mm. they know me to a certain point uh, some of them know that i'm having a bit of a nerdy side on myself also but maybe not how deep that goes and i don't know mm. how they will react to that <laughs> i mean um so I'm always a little bit nervous when I hear, oh, you have a podcast. What is it called? Can I listen to it somewhere? And I'm like, yes, um, yes, of course you can. But I'm going to run now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's going to still take a while before I'm getting used to it. Yeah. I mean, even me being like, I'm pretty comfortable public speaking. I actually really enjoy it. I love working a room, but... For me, at work, it's less for me because everyone at work knows I'm a dork. They know I'm a nerd. They made me Harry Potter themed <laughs> face masks. I have a Deathly Hallows face mask. Some lady I work with made a Harry Potter joke out loud at our morning meeting the other day and like looked directly at me and was like, that was for Juliana. I was like, okay. <laughs> but Aww. for me, it's more my family because I feel like my family's not really into like nerdy things on the whole. So having them listen to this is more where I get that like, mm, maybe, maybe you don't want to listen to it kind of feeling. <laughs> I mean, it's also our podcast itself is not only about a specific topic. It's not only about Harry Potter. 
we try to relate it to that a lot, keep it themed that way. But we are talking, as you see now again, we are talking so much about our own life experiences and views mm-hmm. on things. So there's, I think, something for everyone. It's possible for someone who's not a Harry Potter fan to actually listen to this too. Yeah, which is so one of the people, my friend Greg, who was on, had some feedback for the last episode. He's been mm-hmm. listening to us every week and he truly is not a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> not He doesn't like not like it, but it's not his favorite thing and he's not really that well versed in it. But he's been telling me he's really enjoying the podcast. So, Well, that's so nice. Yeah, and you're right. There is a little bit of something for everyone here. Yeah. So... Listeners, if you'd like to recommend us to any of your <laughs> friends who who you know like a little bit of everything, send them here. Okay, one more note that I have um, from my own life is doing whatever it takes to move to a new country and make it work, which is what I did, um, is it 12 years ago now? I've been here for a long time. Just moving to Finland uh, so many years ago and just leaving everything behind and starting all new and starting a new life basically and make it work was really hard work. I am in a good place now. I am having work. I'm having a lovely home and family and friends and I'm just... It can work out. Yeah, that's actually something I am myself sort of proud of that I did that. Yay, Mel! Yeah. I think I think I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just as someone who I lived in Richmond, Virginia for about a year and I I operated my whole life from Massachusetts to Virginia to live down there. It's it's not easy. But especially when you have people on the sidelines saying you will never be able to do that. You know, they don't even trust oh. you to be able to do that and they don't support that and you just do it anyway. I came here and Things had changed after about two years that I've been here and people were expecting me to actually come back to to Germany. They were saying things like, I told you so, you will not manage and now you're for sure coming back. And I was like taking this as a motivation and saying that, you know what? No, I'm putting even more work into this. (laughs) And that's what I did. And I just stayed. Yep. You can shove that in your cauldron and light it. That's what I say. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree too. I feel the same way too when people tell me that I can't do things. I feel that gives me more fire mm-hmm. and more oomph to be like, no, I am going to do this. Yeah, I you can. don't think I can do this? I'm going to prove to you for sure that I can. Perfect example. Hufflepuffs are so often underestimated and then you just like poke mm-hmm. them a little bit with the stick and they will be like, wait and see you know <laughs> put out their I claws yes i will do this <sighs> thing <laughs> and i will do it perfectly <laughs> i love it so our next little segment in this main discussion is we just wanted to talk about a character that we feel exemplifies this trait from the books so for me i picked neville i spelt his name wrong in the doc just as juliana normally does <laughs> and I felt like, especially when we get past book five, when he becomes part of Dumbledore's army, not up his sleevey, up in his army, not his sleevey. (sighs) (sighs) Flashback. (laughs) (laughs) So beyond book five, when Neville joins Dumbledore's army, he learns and grows so much more. And this is where we see him kind of turning from someone who just cowers in the corner 
to someone who has that same attitude that we just talked about where people are saying, oh, Neville, you can't do this. Oh, Neville, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And he says, just wait and see. Watch me. I'm going to do it. And then we come and find out that in Deathly Hallows, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione come back to the castle, Neville's in charge of the whole Dumbledore's army. He's the leader. He went from being the person who literally could not do any of the spells pretty much up until year five. And even when he first got into Dumbledore's army to the guy who has all the courage and confidence and swagger to run all of Dumbledore's army. He is in charge and he also has the courage and the oomph to be able to pull that sword out of the hat and he kills Nagini and he is instrumental to everything that happens towards the very end of the book series and i think that he really exemplifies the hard work and being he has he doesn't really have a talent for being a leader truly he doesn't have a talent for spell work or anything besides herbology it seems but he works hard and he learns these things and he fails a few times Mm -hmm. he fails more than a few times But in the end, he learns from these failures and he's able to put that hard work in, really just rise to the top and just badger on. And that really makes him a good example of this for me personally. Yeah, I totally agree. He doesn't give up and that's that's great. No matter how often he is feeling defeated and Snape, etc., make fun of him for his incapabilities, so to speak. And it's just, I am so proud of him that he did this and pulled himself up. Yeah, that's the perfect example. Well, thank you. Good choice. So what did you pick, Mel? So I have two, and the first one is in general, the Triwizard Tournament. All four champions need to work out each task and resolve it, even though I think that Cedric probably did the most work just by himself because everyone else had someone in the background who was helping and cheating. You know, Karkaroff and Madame Maxine. Maxine. And then Harry kind of had Cedric as his person, one of his people who were helping him. Well, Cedric is giving him help because Harry helped him first. So it was a fairness thing. But Mm. Harry keeps getting hints from Moody you know, to just get him to the point where he's supposed to end up at the uh, at the graveyard at the end. Mm-hmm. He's getting help from all sides of so- uh, all sorts of sides, and Cedric is basically doing everything by himself and puts really like Hufflepuffs do, putting all the hard work into it and figuring it out. Yeah, as I said in the doc, such a good hardworking badger. Um, go Cedric. <laughs> I've been watching the Harry Potter musical and I just keep thinking in my head of Cedric popping up and being like, Hufflepuffs are good finders. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit of an, I, I don't even know what word to choose. Uh, he's a little bit odd. in. <laughs> he's a kind of a dum-dum. Yeah. So my, my other example is Hermione. And I'm sure everyone has been already screaming, Hermione! Um, anything she does is just hard work. Even if you just look at her back carrying all these endless amounts of heavy books, that is alone already by itself hard work (laughs) to carry those from class to class. (laughs) But uh, for example, we can see in Prisoner of Azkaban, 
she uses the time trainer to get to all the classes that she has taken and does all the homework and on top of that she still helps Harry and Ron to correct their homework until she passes out of course so she's overdoing it but it's just she can't help herself and I think that is something I can so relate to (laughs) just do and do and do until you really can't anymore so yeah that's that's Hermione hardworking is Hermione one of the characters who was technically a hat stall Yes, uh, between Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. Ah, okay. Because I would think she would be like a four-way hat stall almost because she is very ambitious and she is she can be cunning and we see that later in the book series and she's also hardworking and she's brave and she's intelligent. <laughs> so I could see her being a very, like a valid four-way hat stall, honestly. That's what Oreo ma- meant in the last episode also it comes to my mind when she said something along the lines that that's why you can't really go by just this one or two traits per house because that doesn't exactly work because every person is an individual and has all sorts of traits on themselves and their character and you can't some of them are stronger i would say Mm -hmm. i am definitely a hufflepuff in all sorts of ways but i also see ravenclaw tendencies in myself and others relate to Slytherin or Gryffindor or whatever so yeah that's we we kind of get the impression in the beginning with Hermione that she's completely a, a Ravenclaw totally and she just like Neville also they are still so young they're still discovering their bravery and the other traits that actually make them rightfully belong into that house that we associate yeah. with these traits so to wrap up this main discussion for this week we asked some of our friends also what their thoughts are on what hardworking means to them. First mm-hmm. one is doing the best you can at your job. You don't do the bare minimum. You thrive to do a good job. Yep. And that's something we already yeah. talked about higher up. Maybe you take it a little bit too far sometimes mm-hmm. by just trying to do a good job. So our next comment we had said, putting in all the work necessary without burning yourself out in the process. Ah, what a good compliment to the last comment we just had. (laughs) Well, you should try not to burn yourself out, of course, but it's sometimes really hard to stop yourself when you are in the Mm -hmm. hardworking mood. Yep. I agree. So some some of these comments are quite similar, actually doing your job and trying to do your best to do it well giving it your all, finding ways to overcome hurdles and get the work done anyway, and pushing yourself to the limit. Not afraid to jump in and do things that aren't really in your job description, but you know it will help accomplish the end goal. Yep. And then we had one last comment from our dear Sophie, who said, Me. If I was the complete opposite of me. (laughs) Sophie is a Ravenclaw for reference. It's such a Sophie answer. (laughs) Yes. So thank you to everyone who gave us their feedback. Thank you to Sophie for that lovely comment of hers. We love you, Sophie. (laughs) I feel like we should frame that one for her and put it up on the wall. I know. (laughs) Quick fun segment that we're going to do this week. We have brought back What's Newt? Cool fun stuff that we have discovered and would like to share. So, Miss Mel... What have you found this week? Well, first I thought I'm talking about food again. I was having the plan to make a vegan cheesecake, but then I didn't. 
So I was just last night lazy on the sofa and for once just chilling, not doing much. And started to watch a new show on Netflix. It is mm. called Sweet Magnolias. Yeah, I think that's how you say that. I don't know. I, I sometimes just suddenly feel the mood to watch something that is a bit more cheesy in a way. And it's not mm -hmm. usually the kind of stuff that I watch, but I just randomly started it. And if someone of you has watched uh, The Gilmore Girls, it is very much like that or very similar. Um, the whole ah. setting, just less quick, funny quips. Still, I somehow couldn't stop watching last night. So I was watching three or four episodes in a row. And I just felt like it was a nice warm hug somehow. It makes you feel good. So if you want to check it out, go and, and go to Netflix and watch Sweet Magnolias. Let me know what you think. I'm still gonna reserve my judgment for later. I want to finish the season first and see what I think then. But so far it kind of feels like a... Yeah, nice, calm, relaxed show that has some laughter, some sadness. You know, it has a bit of everything. I feel like that's like the perfect, nice little thing to do at the end of the day, especially when you've had a stressful day, yeah. just to find a show that you can come back to or a movie or a book. I mean, the show I binge watched before was Vikings, which is the complete opposite and more the stuff that I actually like. Yeah. So. <laughs> the complete opposite i kind of felt like they're watching like <laughs> either you're watching like sappy kind of nonchalant romance day-to-day -day drama or you're watching people killing each other with giant swords and stuff uh, yeah it feels like there's no middle zone there but that's okay that sums me up <laughs> either on this end or all the way on the so other either end. sweet or very brutal <laughs> <laughs> I will be over here loving you or I will kill you with my sword. Ah. But yeah, check it out. Okay. Or watch Vikings. Vikings is great. <laughs> Two recommendations. Oh boy. <laughs> so this week I actually got my second book in this little recommendation of books that I have. So they're dated books. They're the Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald books by Mina Lima that came out obviously when the two movies came out so yeah whenever those dates were i don't know time is a construct a social construct at this point they're just so nice and there's such beautiful artwork in them mm -hmm. and they have added on things that are inside of them as mina lima usually does with their books from the ones that i've gotten from them small replicas and stuff paper replicas right yeah you get some like really nice small paper replicas like the the new um the pamphlets that they hand out in the first book, you get a, a Shaw political pamphlet, you get a wand permit, and they also have like circus posters from the second movie and maps from the second movie. And it's really cool. And the artwork, obviously, because it's Mina Lima, is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. I got these books on eBay for a much discounted price, and they are very nice. <laughs> so if you're not really rolling in money right now, you too can have them. I think I paid like 6 and $7 for them respectively, and they're supposed to be like 50 or plus dollars each per book. So, mm -hmm. And I bought them from used booksellers supporting like local people. So if that's something you're into, I would definitely check that out. I also would like to thank Stephen at Muggle and Khakis. Uh, <laughs> For the really nice shout out that he had put out there on the Creating Magic podcast 
those of you who are regular listeners already know that we have a good relationship and we love our friends over at the creating magic podcast yay hi danny hi steven (laughs) steven used one of his creator shout outs that they do at the end of the episode last week which if you hadn't listened to it it's really great they go into a lot about the masterful magical minorities little movement that's happening over on instagram so please check that out too which is all those people involved with it are really awesome but he used his little shout out to shout out me and so i'm just gonna send the favor right on back to him and shout him out go follow at muggle and khakis because i know that's what he would do anyway <laughs> and it just really made my day i know i told him already but it really just was such a nice little uplifting thing and something I'm definitely going to go back to and listen to when I have a really crappy day at work and I just need something to lift me up. So thank you, Stephen. That was really a great thing that you did. So thank you. That is so sweet. Yeah. Now you both have like a shout out ping pong happening. So So that means you have to shout me out on the next episode. Or I'll come after you for your bad jokes that are actually bad. Every time you're shouting out Juliana, she is going to shout you out and give you a handle. Huh? How about that? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) And I still stand that my jokes are better than Steven's. So thank you very much. And with that said, let's go into Juliana's joke. So this week. I think I'm going to do two jokes. Is that okay, Sophie? What are, this is the millionth time that wow. I've done this, Mel. Why do I do this? Why? I know exactly who... I don't... My brain wants to call you Sophie, and I truly don't know why, and it's been like two hours. <laughs> we don't even look alike. <laughs> I know you don't. You don't act alike either, and I don't know the why. The only thing we are sharing is that we both are German. <laughs> you don't sound similar either. It's not like... I don't I understand. I truly don't. I sound more apparently Finnish, uh, Finnish English by now after all these years. I don't know. I I can't. I, you're talking to the person who has no idea which accent is which, <laughs> essentially. So I don't know at this point. Okay, shoot your joke. I am mentally trying to prepare myself. Okay, so we'll do my first one. So. What did the golden snitch say to Harry Potter when he was itchy? I have no idea. Quit itch. <sighs> quit itch. <laughs> like quit itch, except he's telling him to quit itch. You know, I, I keep thinking that these, <laughs> these reactions to the jokes, we are seeing each other over video cam here. We should, like, just this portion should be recorded every time. And then we should just put that up as a bonus or something. Because I am just here, like, disbelief sometimes. And Juliana is just expectant, like, is she going to get it? Is she going to get it? And she already starts laughing. (laughs) Because I think it's funny. Quit itch. That's the, you know about a week before or so I am like looking through our dock here and I'm already seeing you might have put a joke there and I'm like what could the answer be and then every now and then during the week I'm like thinking again like what could it be I'm not going to check it of course I don't want to ruin the joke but I could not ah that is again such an obvious one that I could (laughs) I'm with myself also now, for the next joke, do you want a, an original joke that I just workshopped yesterday? Or do you want me to tell the joke that you kind of helped me make? <laughs> okay, the joke that you helped me make. We're going to tell that one. 
I helped. I just gave a stupid answer. That's all. I didn't. Really and I wrote a joke to go along with it. What did I even answer? So here we go. So oh, yeah. what happens when Voldemort laughs too hard? Voldemort snort. He lets out a Voldemort snort. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'll save my next original joke for the next one. And then I have another one that I thought of that I haven't told anyone else yet. Write them all down and in a couple of years you have enough that you can make your own joke book and publish it. <laughs> I know. I feel like most of my jokes that I write, honestly, I mean, not to be like self-centered and full of myself, but I feel like half of the jokes that I've written are better than the ones that are in that <laughs> hilarity for Hufflepuff's book because half of those like just don't make any logical sense. You read them and you're like, wait, what? Hold on. I don't even get it. Some jokes also just sound funnier in our own mind when we make them up and we blurt them out and we laugh our own butts off over this joke and the others are just like, what? <laughs> Where's even the joke? This is just stupid. <laughs> I feel like that happens to me a lot. Oh, well. Yeah, to me too. I I, <laughs> I think I can be funny, even though some people tell me I'm not. Not gonna point any fingers, <clears throat> Sophie. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <coughs> but sometimes it just is hilarious to ourselves and everyone else just doesn't get it. And well, as long as we entertain ourselves, I think that's the main point. I just knew as soon as you typed Voltasnort and I read that, that had to be the punchline of a joke. I was like, I have to find a joke that this belongs to. There must be something that I can write because this answer is just too good. With that, we give over to our buttercup this week and she has a little challenge for you. Hello, everyone. This week, I am having a simple request. Please rate and review our hard work on Apple Podcasts so that others can find us too. And if you can, please support us on Patreon so we can connect and deliver even more fun stuff to you. So thank you, Buttercup, for that lovely challenge. And we look forward to seeing how you listeners respond to that. So if you would like to contact us, you can now listen to us pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. That includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, and Anchor. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. Facebook, we are at facebook.com slash PuffCast. You can email us at PuffCastPod at gmail.com. As we said at the beginning of the episode, you can also support us on Patreon so you can get exclusive benefits like bloopers. There will be a lot for this episode. <laughs> Access to Buttercup's Tea Room, which is our exclusive Facebook group. Stickers and so much more. We're also going to be donating a dollar to charity for each patron that we have each month. So we really hope that you guys will join us there and we can't wait to meet all of you personally. Yes. And also, as our lovely friend Buttercup said in her challenge of the week, if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, that would be fabulous and fantastic, and we would love to read it here. So, until next time, stay puffy and badger on! Ooh, that was <laughs> very determined. You are a hard-working badger. I thought I'd switch it up a bit. <laughs>